Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Comics Books, the podcast where your host Lucy Dancer, that's me, talks to my favourite comedians and comic writers about the books they love. My guest today is a force unto himself, a comedian, writer, Quaker, recovering drug addict and creator of the Care Home Tour and Pope's Addiction Clinic. He gigs up and down the UK, has had sold out shows in numerous festivals and has very recently signed a book deal with Penguin for a memoir due out in 2022. It's Pope Lonegan. Hello. 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 You all right? Yeah, how are yeah. you? Yeah, good. Yeah, as uh, we, we were saying, I was on a care I was on a care shift last night. Um uh, a, a guy, he's the same age as me, but he he had severe meningitis, so he's got uh, uh sort of uh, learning difficulties and stuff like uh-huh. that. But yeah, I was looking after him and I sort of have to wear him out in preparation for going to bed. So uh, <laughs> because he, you know, he's a robust, uh, virile thirty-year-old uh, uh, and has the energy uh, of a thirty-year-old, and so I have to kind of um, uh, facilitate a controlled rampage to uh, to try and get. <laughs> and the thing is, a lot of the other people who work there, they're sort of maternal. They're a maternal presence. Uh, yeah. Not to be too gendered about it, but they're, they're kind of a maternal presence and they will be, they won't give him as much leeway as I'll give him. Uh, so I'm kind right. of like the, the fun uncle who, when I come in, I just let him <laughs> pelt around on his wheelchair and throw a couple of foam noodles about. And uh, <laughs> It's interesting because obviously I've spoken to a lot of uh, comedians who have sort of struggled to make a living during this time and they've had to, but you, you already had this job, this different yeah. life. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I actually started, I went full time as a comedian in two, beginning of 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And I still had a bank contract so that if I, there was a, you know, a week where uh, that was a bit of a lean uh, week financially, uh, I, I, could use that i could just grab a shift to supplement right. supplement my income mm. um which is you know a lot of people in comedy <laughs> don't like to admit that they they have that 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 safety net with whether it's temp work or agency mm. work or whatever because they feel that it somehow de- delegitimizes them to say you know sometimes i have to pick i have to pick up a shift so I'm quite interested in your relationship with books because when we briefly spoke before, you said, "Oh, you know, I've not, I didn't have tons of education. Like reading wasn't, didn't come from kind of school or anything like that for me." So when you're, I mean, normally on this podcast, people come on and they say, "Oh, well, I'm a comedian, and I feel quite worried now that I'm not intellectual enough." But I feel the opposite way with you today. As soon as I got your list of books through, I thought, "Oh no, I'm, I'm on the." <laughs> That's very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, it's. I think it's one of those things of being like coming from a working class family. Uh, my mum never had a collegiate education. She mm. I, I, she didn't even finish school. Like she went into nursing uh, to, when she was actually too young to go into it. Um, and so I don't come from a, an intellectual. Mm. Uh, I don't have a, like an intellectual family or, or upbringing, which isn't to say you know, there's different types of intelligence as we yeah. know. It's, it's just, it's not sort of academically inclined. Mm. Uh, and I, I didn't even do A levels, but I actually did in the end, end up going to university, but in a re- I took a really circuitous route to university, okay. but I, I was been like a voracious reader since I was young. And I was that thing of like a working class autodidact who like you kind of overcompensate because you haven't got that <laughs> uh, elite education, any mm. education you have. I did don't, 
I, I don't feel like I had good schooling in senior school. I don't think like I had I had one really good teacher, but other than that, I don't think I had great teachers to be honest. When did you um start reading then? When um, you start school? Yeah, I would actually thought they thought I was so when I was in what year one or year two, they actually thought I was dyslexic because I just couldn't I was just a slow learner. I couldn't grasp anything. Mm. Um and then I discovered goosebump books, so like I'll forever, uh, the best. In, yeah, I'm forever <laughs> indebted to like R. L. Stein in that like, I just I, I found something that I loved, um, mm. and then didn't want to like relinquish those books. And then those you know goosebumps led to this, led to that, led to the other. And then I went in the complete opposite direction. I um, and I, I had a real kind of thirst for 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 knowledge and a love of reading. We'll start with Ulysses because obviously that's that's an epic to kick off with. Yeah, I think with you, any James Joyce work, it's it's like it, that is it can be a lifetime project in and of itself. Just trying to unlock the key to these texts, and mm. I always say you have to read around Joyce before you read Joyce. So you have yeah. to read about a million sort of companion guides, and I mean especially with Finnegan's Wake, which will, which is to me is actually the more interesting book in that it will never be, our understanding of Finnegan's Wake will never be finished, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the the parts that I really respond to in, in Ulysses especially is this idea that Joyce had of, uh, in, in I think it was um, Bafkin who said this in about Rabelais and his world, said about, ennobling the body's lower stratum and turning our base function into something tinged with poesy, something tinged with, with literary merit. So Joyce will talk about piss, shit, vomit, <laughs> any kind of effluent. And this is obviously where uh, you had the big trial where they tried to get the book censored. Mm. Um, that part of Joyce really appeals to me, that he can he he can see... Uh, a, uh, a, a kind of a divinity within mm. our uh, shitty biological, biologically degra- degraded selves, and a lot of that's in my, you know, in my comedy. Like I try and lean into that stuff, and it actually is part of the ethos of of the book I'm writing and the, the, the stuff to do with a care home. That's so interesting because I read Portrait of the Young Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man yeah. by Joyce at school yeah and I had a great teacher um and he loved James Joyce and he was very enthusiastic but what he did was I would say focused more particularly as we were a group of 15 year old girls or whatever but you know he focused more on the beautiful aspects maybe yeah of of the literature and for me it was all I like I think I like what you just explained. I like to read to learn and to experience. I don't necessarily read for like the beauty of words themselves. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't read loads of poetry. It's not, it's not, it's not. I don't enjoy it. It's just not what I read for first yeah. and foremost. So I think, I mean, maybe I would have enjoyed uh, James Joyce more if you taught me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think as well, it's just a difference in the book. So a portrait of the artist as a young man, it's a kind of higher register. So it's like a kind mm. of more highfalutin uh, uh, story. And and it's about the, the beauty and the sanctity 
of art and the artist. So there mm. isn't so much of and okay. the the, the uh, yeah there isn't so much yeah there isn't so much poo. There's, there's just not enough fucking poo in it. Like <laughs> bung in a bit more poo, mate. That's what you want to do. But that's there's, why it's like your favorite. Yeah, but that's why. Um, so yeah, that. So whereas Ulysses, it, uh, I mean. This is just one tiny, this is again why with Ulysses, this is one tiny component of Ulysses. It's a story of everything in a way, and the same, and Finnegan's Wake even more so. Um, and the other part I really love about Ulysses is the, the, the idea of confession is a really important motif uh, within Ulysses and the sort of sexual undercurrents in the practice of confession. And like they said, mm. like there's the seductive intent, the se- sexual inquisition of hearing someone else's sins. And mm. this idea of not necessarily with the, the sexual component, but this idea of forging a sense of intimacy through confessional, through complete transparency, through full disclosure. Mm. I mean, that's that's kind of my comedy. That is what I, <laughs> I do on stage. I'm a confessor. Um, yeah. And I remember when I went over to Finland, uh, and there was a girl over there that I knew and I, I, I kind of uh, I hung out with her and I met her over here and I hung out with her over there. And what I realised in, in Finnish culture, they don't they don't do small talk. So when I first met up with her and I was a bit nervous, we didn't really know each other that well. I was going on and on and on and on. And she just kind of turned to me. I won't do the accent. I can't do it. But she like kind of turned to me and went, she just went, oh, you can like, um, what is it? Just you can shut up. Like you don't have to do all this preamble like you just just <laughs> shut up <laughs> and it was really it was really it was really liberating and kind of relaxing um, um that i i could i was free of the the need to do uh the yeah the the kind of small talk at the beginning because then when we sat down in this calf by the by the uh by a pine forest in by lake mm. we just got right into the 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 core of our of our being like we got right into the her dad's mental health problems my addiction and all this stuff yeah we just went right in there and i thought that's a really good way of doing it oh my god yeah i i i I really i loved that part of finnish culture Um, i don't Mm. i don't know if necessarily that um uh, kind of rapid uh, intimacy is is part of the Finnish culture, but it, it was it you know that's what happened when I was over there, and I really liked that, and that's a, a big part of what Ulysses is about um, about this idea of the, the confession and then the the the, the rituals of of the uh, confession within the Catholic Church, and there's like a I've got it up here once there's a quote where it says Joyce described the Catholic Church as a great spermacetically oiled ball whose sexual contact through the confessional is more attractive to the Irish maid, wife, abess and widow than any contact with the Irish male. And there's an episode <laughs> and, and there's an episode of the Sopranos where Carmela Soprano, it's in like really early series where Carmela Soprano is with her priest and it's almost like a tease. He's like a, being like a sort of a little flirt a like little catholic flirt and but that's what the catholic church is to me there's something like they they, 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 they sort of they yeah they're like they're all about chastity and and uh, sex being a dirty thing mm. and being a sin but then 
by by the negation of that sex, it, it makes the whole religion imbued with sexuality and just like like <laughs> constant focus on it, and it's like a maddening horniness within the Catholic Church. So, is it a book that you read, or is it a book that you study? It's a I book that different study. It's a book, yeah, a hundred percent. It's not like you take it on holiday for a little chill. No, no, you just can't. It's it's like like Stuart Lee emailed me recently and said about the, he encouraged me to read Jerusalem by Alan Moore because he knew I loved James Joyce. And he said in the same way as, um, as, as Joyce, like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a book that you have to devote a lot of time to. And I totally get why mm. a lot of people just, why they think, why the fuck should I give over so much time to this, you know, this one man and his work, um, mm. But uh, it is uh, rewarding. So I think your next book was probably a bit more of a chill one, which was Limmy's. Yeah, surprisingly down to earth and very funny. Yes, so um, I mean I love Limmy. I, I, I think he's just a. I, I, I don't really know anyone who's who's carving their own kind of, their their own idiosyncratic, unique career within mm. comedy like they're just it's it, he's just brilliant and he's got a sensibility it's all it's like a, such a, a a formed um a concrete sensibility of like you could see something written down or or, or, or you know you you know old oh, like that's that's a limmy or like that's come mm. from limmy's world and the, the the reason i loved the book is it's 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 just it's it's like a limmy monologue like he's it's it's written how he would speak there's no mm. stylistics there's no um uh, you know focus on the, like what we said earlier the beauty of words or or trying to construct it is just it's just it's said in really colloquial english and i re- i relate to uh, the 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 way he the way he portrays frenetic standstill and depression because it's not actually a funny book for a lot there's funny bits there but he talks about how like he got to a point where you know he was an alcoholic and his alcoholism manifested itself in the same way as my drug addiction in that it wasn't very hedonistic and like being a party boy and like you know smashing windows and that it was like like for me like sitting in a flat that smelled of mints uh waiting for drugs to be delivered and then when drugs were delivered like putting a, a, a bit of uh, cloth on my knees emptying out 60 dihydrocodine tablets necking all of them mixing some diamorphine and nesquik swigging that throughout the day and then just uh and then just maybe i'd like bowl over to my mum and dad's house to get uh, like a boiled egg and then I'd go to just to eat. I had nothing. I had no food in the house. And then and then I'd like go to a Quaker meeting just to have company, but company that didn't like impose them on my uh, uh, on my didn't impose on me too much. Quaker meetings, you sit in silence, so it's just for a bit of peace throughout the day. And uh, I remember one specific day of my drug abuse where I. Bought an out-of-date advent calendar. It was January. They were half price. I went into the park uh, and sat down next to a war memorial and just ate an advent calendar like one panel at a time. <laughs> and I 
<laughs> well, higher as well, obviously. And I remember just thinking, like, this this is pretty much like five years of my life has been just doing this kind of shit. <laughs> um, and Limmy's book's exactly the same. It's it's that. It's 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 like him staring at just like kind of staring at a poster and he can't tell what's like what the facial expression is conveying in the poster and it's Ooh. just it's just like him ruminating for i think it's something like that it's like him ruminating over what he sees in the poster while just sitting sort of spaced out in his flat and uh mm. yeah it's it's brilliant uh, I, I i've never i've never related to a book as much as I related to that book. Yeah, I've got the blurb here and it's just, hello, I'm Brian Limond, aka Limmy. You yeah. might know me from Limmy Show or you might not. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that encapsulates the tone of the whole book. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. I love it so much. You chose a couple of books that, I mean, we talk about high culture. I mean, I couldn't even get hold of these books because I'm not even in print anymore. Yeah. Okay. So you've really gone a kind of quite quite a wanky way here. I, for I, I couldn't even engage with I, your book choices. I only realised that they weren't in print after I'd sent them over. Um, but then one of them, I mean, like uh, the uh, the care home one, mm. it's, you don't really need to read it. It's just kind of a... a, a it's like a non-fiction book about life in a care home, pretty much. Um, yeah, tell me about that one, because that actually genuinely was the one I, I tried to order, and I couldn't... I, the only one that was was like a, a single first edition 38 quid version. Yeah, no, fuck that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have sent it over to you, but it's so... Uh, Sally Tisdale, who I really like, um, she mm. worked in a... She worked in a care home uh, anyway. She worked in, that, her, uh, in a care home before she became a writer, and she wrote this book in the 1980s. It's in America. Mm. And it shows how little we've moved on uh, because everything in that book I identified with. This is why the, the care sector in this country, a social care sector, which we're now understanding mm. off the back of the pandemic, is failing. And it's been failing for the nine mm. years I've been in it. It is fucking dire um, so would you and, say it's worse now than it was yes then? oh yeah yeah it's gotten worse got progressively worse but there's this incredible book called the care manifesto the politics of interdependence so verso books who i, I buy a lot mm. of like socialistic economic socialist but a cultural libertarian and verso um have released during the pandemic uh books like ones about mutual aid ones about uh, the Care Manifesto ones, and mm. the ones about the coronavirus and climate, and the Care Manifesto is a group of, uh, of 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 academics with different specialities who have created this this manifesto for how we can create a more care forward approach to community organising to municipalism, uh, basically dragging us away from capitalist or neoliberal structures. And I talked to these academics for the book as well. But in the book, they said that 40% in costs to the national healthcare system can be saved by prioritising quality and need over profit. And the examples they give are the care homes being brought back into the public sector in British mm. Columbia, Canada. And I'm going to probably mispronounce this, the Bert, the Bert Zorg 
Bert Borg, a social care cooperatives in the Netherlands. And this, this works with yeah. the needs of the client and mm. they're rated extremely highly by both users and employees. So it's care homes run on a not-for-profit basis as opposed to the Thatcherite trend for handing them over to private equity. And they're, every part of that book ticked the box for me. The other book that I couldn't get hold of was The Bathroom. Yeah. Um, but what I did see when I couldn't buy it on Amazon was an excellent review where someone said, not enough time spent in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's true. Because I read it like thinking there's a bit, yeah, like there's, I mean, he, he if I remember rightly, he moves, he moves to the, ho- he gets bored of his own bathroom. So he moves to the ho- a hotel to sit in their bathroom. But I thought I was like, ah, oh, that, that's a cheat. I thought it was going to all stay in his bathroom. Mm, and, that's I've, what I thought. and I've always wanted to make a TV series that's uh, that's just set with me on the toilet for the whole thing. Like, I've always <laughs> wanted to, like, I've always, and I had this, I don't know why, I had this, I, had, I, I it must have come from a dream or something. I had a series where, like, the whole, it's like three parts, maybe, whole thing set in me in the bathroom on the toilet and I'll occasionally have a bath. But when I have a bath, like the, the a dead princess comes up through the water <laughs> and clings to my body and uses Aww. me as a boy in the bath. And me and the princess have like an exchange, exchange across the, the line between life and death uh, in, in, in the bath while she's clinging onto me. And then she recedes back into the bath and it's never really, explained like it's just left open <laughs> that that's that's that she emerges every now and again in the narrative um, <laughs> how do you pitch that how do you pitch it <laughs> i don't know i'm not sure that was the way yeah, yeah i uh but uh yeah so the thing i love about jean-philippe toussaint is i'm I, i'm fascinated and this is where there's some overlap with with all of these really to be honest with mm. with joyce with limmy's book um, it's this idea of frenetic standstill and idleness and stasis, and this idea of once againness. And mm. care homes are very, very uh, repetitive. Uh, there's, a, there's a sort of a cyclical, cyclical um, nature to those environments, and it's why I love Chris Ware's comics and graphic novels as well. And I mm. love the book Oblomov by Ivan uh, Gonshorov. I can't remember his name. It's like withdrawing from reality and sloping around in your dressing gown, that type mm. of stuff, which is what I did for five years, being a drug user in a, in a, a fraught, tempestuous, dynamic uh, relationship where we shared something and I had addiction problems and I would like go from this flat that smelled of mints and I remember once our bedroom flooded and I refused to siphon out the water from the flooded bedroom while she was at work because I was too busy making a stop motion animation of a sweet called resting a peanut on the countertop (laughs) I got so deeply engrossed in this and I, I needed to I needed the animation to come to some kind of logical conclusion and then she came <laughs> over work went fucking mental um and then so then when she went mental I'd escape to the public bathroom with my laptop and my dongle and I'd sit in I'd sit in the cubicle 
that was like pockmarked by barely realized glory holes. Uh, and uh, I'd be sitting there and then I'd have like uh, vodka there and then I'd have morphine and vodka together and oh, then gosh. a box of monster munch. And I'd just sit for hours on my laptop, my, my dongle in this toilet cubicle, <laughs> just doing a bit of business, <laughs> like, doing, a bit of, doing, a, doing a bit of work. And, um, and then I'd, yeah, that was my life for ages was bouncing from that to then over to my mum and dad's house. We were just at the other yeah. end uh, of the road and turning up there, like absolutely like, pissed out my mind, like trying to help my dad get a bed out of the front window or whatever it is. Yeah. And then occasionally I'd have a jaunt to like, I just go on my own to a package holiday to Estonia I'd just, <laughs> for a couple of days on an impulse. I remember I was in Estonia and I went into an antique shop and I thought, oh, and then I noticed there was a little bit of Nazi paraphernalia. I thought, oh, that's a bit weird, but like, fair enough. Then I turned around, there's a whole fucking Nazi drape and it's like a Nazi shop. It's just full to the brim with Nazi. And I felt rude. I felt rude for browsing. So I, I bought myself a knife. Which is, I bought myself a knife from the Nazi because, it, because I felt it was rude to browse. <laughs> I, love, I love how you're so like outspoken and forthright, but then you're like, I should buy some Nazi stuff. Yeah, it was. It's like, it felt a bit rude. Like, it felt like like I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't waste a Nazi's time with browsing. Like, no, I know. should be rude to Nazis. So no. I, bought, I bought this knife, and then obviously knowing that I could never smuggle that across customs, <laughs> I I smuggled the knife into a into like a fruit food cart that was like unattended i smuggled it in and thought oh i'll just get a package holiday back to estonia to visit the knife at some point (laughs) (laughs) your final book is the one i tried to read and it is driving me mad and is kafka's the castle yeah I'd, i'd be really interesting to hear what your what your what your take on it is? What are you what are you struggling with? I just don't think I don't think I'm getting from it what I'm assuming you did and what other things I've read about it people have because that was a really inarticulate sentence. No, no, but no. um, but I, I get like I've read one Kafka before, which is the trial, and I'm getting the same thing. I'm getting the kind of bureaucracy. I'm getting the cyclical nature of like ah, everything you do, I'm stuck. Yeah. Um, and I like that aspect of it but it's starting to feel a bit like a groundhog day um in the sense that i'm not getting the kind of deeper aspect that people seem to get from no, the book no i think you're that it is supposed to be it's supposed to be get a bit repetitive and irritating and frustrating it is and, yeah uh, like being like a like you know being trapped in like the uh, phone queue of a call center or something yeah. like that and there's a book called work work in the phones control and resistance in call centers where they describe the kafkaesque quality of a call center and I mean, mark, he gets that right on doesn't and, he yeah and mark and and also this is why so david lynch his favorite ever writer is kafka he once wanted to do a movie um uh, based on one of the kafka books and there's that same thing so, so i'll read from this quickly it says a surreal world in which all your control patterns all your plans the whole way in which you have configured your own behavior begins to fall to pieces it's very hard to get into the 
motivating drive of Kafka characters. Like you don't understand why they've done that, or they'll they, they it's the same in Jean Philippe Toussaint, where like there's a bit where he just throws a dart at his wife's head and then goes to hospital with his wife. Kafka characters do things like that. They're almost a bit um Actually, I, I was going to say they're a bit. Uh, they're they're the opposite of neurotypical. So they're mm. they're they're, they're it's, it, it can be hard to know. They'll just do something out of the blue, and then it's not revisited. Like it's never spoken about again. Yeah, and there's I've loads of that. that in uh, uh, David Lynch. Mm. So that characters are illogical or unemotive. Humans are often object-like, or objects become quite human-like and tend to become like imbued with uh, or personified or imbued with something and it becomes Kafka and Lynch a gestural theatre a shifting a mobile arena of codes conventions and habits that are attempts to reify to regard something uh, as a concrete thing the nature of the private but but it's, it's very mysterious and abstract and there's like an unmooring of reality mm. because a lot of stuff just remains unresolved or it's hinted at that it has a greater implication that we're just out of grasp that's just out of yeah. grasp or that and then but then in, that's a strangely accurate representation of real life because real life little yeah. things happen there's no there's not any we apply a narrative cohesion to events of real life and to our to our life and experience but all the time like, a little thing happens you never find out what the conclusion of that, you know, little sequence of events that you you just happen to witness while you're walking down the road, and th- that's life. And that's, that's that's why I'm stressed, though. I think by it is that reading is my escape often. Ah, yes. Yeah. Even even my nonfiction, like I like to read about the brain, but I like to read about why things work. Yeah, yeah. Do. This book <laughs> would drive you fucking mad. Then that it is. is that is what. <laughs> It's it's a puzzle with that can never be solved, and it goes back to what I said about Limmy and looking at the poster and not being able to comprehend. He's looked at it too long, and Limmy does that in his work as well. He does a facial expression that's just like it's slightly too protracted, and then suddenly mm. that that facial expression can mean a million different things at once, and it's unnerving. It's uncanny. That's yeah. the, that's how the book makes you feel and how it's supposed to. And uh, I think some of that's by design with Kafka, but I also think some of it's because he had a full time job working in the bank and he 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 wrote in the evenings in a very piecemeal way. And mm. I think he probably, um, he, he yeah, I think he probably had a habit of rewriting the same stuff quite regularly. And I, I don't know. I think think it might be something to do with his working method, maybe and. Um, okay. And the environment, just working in a bank again, it's yeah. so about the labyrinthine sure. quality of bureaucracy, and mm. and having worked in the LCA, the Live Comedy Association, like I, I totally get that the the mechanisms of government and the the obfuscation and the misdirection, and the, it's it's uh, I'm fascinated by that. I love it. That's really yeah. Oh. Yeah, maybe I just I feel stressed about it in real life. Maybe okay. I'll, but yeah. I will finish it, and I will I will feedback when Thank I'm finished. You. I'm about three quarters of the way through. Oh. But before we go, yeah, tell me about your memoir. Uh, I can't say too much um, uh-huh. because I'll get a slap on the wrist. Uh, I'm writing a memoir with Penguin. Um, it it the the primary focus will be elderly care, but it will have comedy and my addiction to prescription opiates and um it's uh it's about my life 
uh, around my experiences of mm. the care home. Uh, and that's kind of as much as I can say for the time being. I'm yeah. very excited. And it's, it's out 2022, yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's got to be in on March the 1st and then there'll be like a year long um promotional campaign so exciting yeah yeah i I love writing it it's been a lot of fun so i'm hoping people actually enjoy reading it yeah oh no i think it'll be great um just before you go every episode we try and get someone to we try and get our guests not someone you specifically (laughs) to choose a independent bookstore which has now become particularly more important again yes um to support uh yeah. which one would you choose so uh in chalkwell hall in chalkwell near south end uh metal who are an arts collective they own uh the the building chalkwell hall which used to be like mm-hmm. a shooting cat gallery for junkies um and they own it it's renovated it's beautiful now and they uh it's as a you know it works as an artist residency and people like hannah gadsby and mm. uh, Chris Krause, I stayed there with Chris. And Chris Krause was there. Cool. They've all stayed there, big, big people. And then, uh, at, and the bottom floor, as well as the performance area, they've got an amazing bookshop uh, called the Bookshop Experience uh, from a local uh, c- uh, collector. It's like secondhand books, but they, they're, they're they're specially selected, and it's just got so it's such a diverse range of books mm. and they're, they're brilliant and really affordable and I, I the amount of times I've come out there with big piles of books is incredible yeah so Exciting. yeah oh, I'll visit it one day yeah yeah do Ian Sinclair traveled down the psychogeographer set traveled down uh just to go there and and when I brought uh, uh, Robin Ince down for an event he uh he ended up you know being a bibliophile he is he ended up I think walking out a big pile of books as well so amazing yeah Thank you so much for discussing books with no, me today. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really glad we got to do it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. After our first failed attempt, yeah, we yeah. absolutely nailed it yeah, this time. Perfect. Um, so I wish you lots of luck with the rest of this period of time, whatever it is, whatever occurs, but lots yeah. of reading. Yeah, thank you. And you as well. Have a have a uh, love love have a lovely lockdown. <laughs> People are dying, mate. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Comics Books. Hopefully you've had a chuckle, learned something new, and most importantly, added some reads to your list. You can find full listings of all the books we talked about today in the show notes. If you enjoyed the podcast, it'd help us out massively if you could leave us a review on your listening platform. And finally, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Comics Books Pod.